Welcome one, welcome all, back to the greatest show in podcast, Radio Wave History. We're back. It's been a long, long time, and we've missed you as much as you missed us. Dave Richardson, welcome back to the show, and we are ready to kick it off for another fantastic year. Dave, we've been away for quite some time as we've approached the football season there's no better way to kick it off than starting it with a Northwest Sports Fix season preview of your college football season. It is so good to be back. Yeah, Kurt, it, it feels like it's been a long time. I'll be honest, it feels like it's been years since football has been here. Uh, I think of the season, you know, they kind of ended on a thump for our, our Seahawks and, and the Cougs as well, and that just made for a long and very not fun off season. Uh, but last year, I feel like the Cougs grew up in a big way. During that, I think it, maybe it was a – was it a seven or eight game win stretch we had there in the middle? It felt like, you know what, we became a good football team for what felt like almost the first time in, in my fanhood. And so it's making me excited uh, for this season, for Luke Falk's senior year. Uh, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. When you're a Coug fan, you can never be fully optimistic. Um, but it feels like the coaches another year, you know, in the system, um, you know, they've got uh, some really good seniors. Um, so cautiously optimistic because we've got to get past uh, week one. We have to, um, you know, our own personal Everest seems to be um, the FCS schools for whatever reason it is have had our number. And I hate that this is the narrative. Um, when you talk about all the PAC 12 schools and our week one games is can the Cougs actually be an FCS team? And even when we were bad, Kurt, yeah. even when we were a terrible team, we would still beat good FCS teams. And so I don't know what's been going on. Uh, Dave, but what are you thinking? How are you feeling week the, one? The spread is 21. or The the, the Cougs are 21-point favorites. 21-point favorites. And it feels like a trap. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking uh, – I mean, how can you not take Montana State? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, is there anything – in the last few years, that would sway you to say, no, Cougs are going to put them away. I, I just, I don't see it. It's going to be tough. Were you, it, I know you were at this game. You were working it. You were probably on the sidelines the last time we, we played, played Montana State in Pullman. Yep. What was it, that, 2000, what are we looking at, 10 2000 and, actually, I think that was, um... Two thousand, yeah, the two thousand ten and eleven season. So we yeah, won two games that year. Yeah, it was a bad year. And, and I remember year. thinking we are going to lose to Montana State, and we will not win another game this year, and we will we will match the Huskies' winless record. And I was depressed. I remember everybody leaving the stadium in the fourth quarter because it was we were down twenty two seven entering the fourth quarter. And we had a miraculous comeback. We had, uh, I think they threw like two interceptions in that game. Uh, I can't remember the name of our linebacker now at the time. It's, it's going to bother me. But he had a huge interception. He almost ran back. I think Niku Grasu had to hit what was like a game-winning field goal. And there was this huge sigh of relief. Like, oh, we finally did it. And so I almost still feel and it saved PTSD it, it, from that game. And it saved Paul Wolf's career at WSU for that season. Yeah, I bet you season. he loses that game in that fashion. They, they're they not able to close that game out. 
Paul Wolf is gone a lot sooner, we probably don't have Mike Leach. Yeah. I mean, that the way that program was, the situation that they were in at that point, you and you go into a game starting off the season with a little bit of hope that hoping that, I mean, 2010 to 11, the 2010 season, that was essentially the third year into the program. And you were hoping to see some significant changes moving forward after really what was two god-awful drudging seasons of 2008-2009. Paul Wolf comes out and is down to Montana State going into the fourth quarter. I think it was written on the wall. That was it. It it might have been even a mid – it would have been – that would have sent that team into even more of a tailspin than it already was with a loss to an FCS school. I'm telling you, Paul Wolf would have been out of there much sooner. We probably wouldn't have Mike Leach. Can you – this is a pop quiz, and I don't expect you to remember this essentially because those years were all so bad. It's kind of a blur on what happened which year. I just looked it up, though. We won two games that year. We beat Montana State 23-22 inched it out and we won i'll give you a hint we won a pac-12 game our first pac-12 game i think in the paul wolf era that year can do you do you know who we beat was that not oregon state you're right you got it was it it was at there was and that was um was that connor holiday's breakout game was that his splash game he came out no i think i i I think it was just uh i think it was just i i remember i remember seeing jeff tool lead the fight song at the end at the end of the game on tv so that uh, wasn't the crowd, that I wasn't the, the the we were pa- by that point we were past the Jeff Tool and uh, who was the other quarterback? Um, not the Marshall Lobo stuff. Well, that was Lop- previous Lopina. Yeah, Lopina, Kevin Lopina. Yeah, I he, think it was. We were all aboard on Jeff Tool. Yeah, uh, I think by, by after because the season before that is when Jeff Tool started in the Coliseum against yeah, USC. Yeah, USC and yeah, actually looked like a decent, competent quarterback. Yeah, he looked like for the yeah for the first time in a little while. Look, we had a quarterback. Anyways, I don't want to live too much in the past. No, that, it hurts. It hurts to talk about the, that that time. The only time I could, I could talk about the past was last year, and I was really happy with last year. It it ended with a serious thud in, in a bad way. Um, but personally, I can't. It almost feels like not to discredit Montana State, but it almost feels impossible to lose to an FCS school three years in a row when you're a good Pac-12 team. Okay, I, I, maybe if we were the, the Cougs of, of, of old, that's maybe a little more scary, maybe a little more feasible. But three years in a row feels but, completely unbelievable. But, and Eastern and Portland State those years were very good in their division. They were they were ve- very good. They not be good this year. They were they, very they, good. Not a good uh, Big Sky team. They just aren't. They were very good teams. You still have to find a way to be in an FCS school. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And the thing is, the thing is that that what made last year so well, Portland State was just I wanted to shoot myself, but Eastern <laughs> was so incredibly dumbfounded because what did people talk about for six months prior to that game? We have to make sure we don't do what we did to Portland State. I mean, we knew yeah. going into this game that that history and the football gods were on our side going into the game, thinking that there's no way we're going to lose to an FCS school two years in a row. And, you're, you're completely right. And, 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 and now we come into this season 
thinking what well, we kind of had the we kind of have the same thought process coming into this season, and and I get everybody's just I'm playing the Debbie Downer game. Totally get that, but let me tell you something. There's a reason for it, and and the reason for it is because of how we went into last year's game, and now. I mean, I almost have the same thought. There's no way we can lose to an FCS goal three years in a row. Can it? Can Mike Leach go, what is it, 0-6 in opening his opening weeks. games? Oh, my gosh. I here Here's the here's part that I really what really just irked me about the last two years was we lost to Portland State the rest of the season. It felt like nobody would let us really fully enjoy a win because they'd no. be like, wow, you but could you believe Portland, this yeah. team actually lost to Portland State exactly. even though they just beat – UCLA or whatever it was. Exactly. Or imagine how much better of a bowl they'd have if it would be Portland State. And then I remember that next year playing Eastern, when that loss happened, the entire narrative was, wow, two years in a row, that's unreal. And it was unreal, and that does fall on the coaches. Uh, and it is, it's embarrassing as, as an alumni to kind of have to deal with that. I, I just don't see it this year. You said Montana State's a 21-point underdog. Yeah. I'll take the over. I think the Cougars are going to win by more than three touchdowns. Oh, wow! Uh, I know we start slow, Whoa. but it's not a, it's, again. Like I said, it's not a good Montana State football team. They're rebuilding. They've got a mobile quarterback, which yes, that gives that gives a lot of teams trouble. It feels like, but people seem to really bring it up with the Cougs. We struggled with that last year. He threw six touchdown passes. He had eight interceptions. Now he ran for over eight hundred yards and he had twelve rushing touchdowns. He was a freshman All American for the Big Sky or something like that. He performed really well um so that's kind of worrisome defense their defense was awful last year their past defense in particular was terrible my roommate last year was an msu alum so i'd watch some games and they just had guys way out of coverage didn't feel like they had enough bodies in the field um the weird little the the one little thing that gives me hesitation is their head coach jeff now kurt you you say it's choat i i feel like choat sounds right there's an e on the end but I don't want to – I don't know. I don't want to pronounce the E because it sounds – I don't know. Not. Anyways, that's weird. Um, <laughs> I He he was the I – I think it was special teams and maybe linebackers he coached at WSU for Mike Leach's first year, and I really enjoyed him. I thought he was awesome. We got him from Boise State. I love the energy on the sideline. Dude was just like he, – he coached like he was shot out of a cannon. It was fun to watch. Um, now, it was a really tough year. I think that was a three and nine year, our first year with him. And then he bailed and went to UW, followed Chris Peterson there. I felt a little – miffed on that kind of felt he was a double agent in some senses so he knows he knows uh mike leach he's coached with him he knows how this offense is going to work he 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 can prepare with that advantage he's coached against mike leach multiple times um so that gives me some concern but the depth that we have and the depth they have is just very different now mike leach did say last year the ones in fcs and the ones in in, in you know um, from the, a, a Power Five conference are similar. It's the depth that really changes them most of the time. That's that really separates them. So week one, when you're both fresh, things can be a bit closer. Um, I don't see it happening. I, I just don't see this being a close game. I think we're gonna finally, I mean, exercise some demons week one. I'm, I, I I feel pretty confident. I want to be on your same wave wavelength. Honestly, <laughs> I do. I want to be there. We we took down a. Idaho Vandal team last year. That was actually a bowl team. The only team on the Palouse yeah. that won a bowl game, by the way. Well, let's and, not talk about that either. And and we throttled, absolutely throttled them. And we have to find a way 
to consistently do that. I mean, that's the really the next step. And I think that we've kind of heard that for what the net last two seasons, I guess, is the making of a really good football team is throttling the teams that you're supposed to be right. Correct. That's 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 sort of like that first step. And I feel like we still kind of haven't gone over that completely because of these opening games. But there are moments in this season and last season where we we blew out Idaho. Um, we struggled a little bit against Oregon State. We pulled that one out of our rear end. That was a great. That I felt like that was that was very much so a growing game, though. You know, I feel like that showed totally showed that our our that's a, that's a sign of a mature team. And that totally. showed Oregon State's immaturity. I feel like totally, and yeah. and 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 I I think that was a huge part of our growth process for sure. Yep. In becoming a much better football team, but I want to really see us moving into that next round. Now, Washington on the other side of the state. You know, they took they skipped they skipped a couple steps and went straight into the perennial house. Well, they always had the players. They always had great recruits. Totally, matter of coaching. Certainly, um, it's always been kind of a mentality thing in that house. But I think for you know WCU, it's never come that easy. Never has been. Never will be either. Honestly, it doesn't matter what kind of coach we'll have in there. I just don't think we'll ever be um, on that level. And we have to fight for every inch we hit, you know, we earn. And so I think moving forward, you have to be able to find ways to um, set yourself up for success. And that's taking down these sorts of teams. You're going to have to throttle um, Montana State. You're going to have to, you know, put a, put a pretty darn good double-digit victory down on Nevada in a, in a couple weeks. Montana or uh, Boise State in the second week of the season, huge, huge game. I can't wait. I'll be there. Uh, that's going to be a really fun game to watch. It's going to be a close game, but obviously that's a that's a big time game that you're going to want to win at home against a, a pretty solid club. Are they the Boise States that we're we're tend to knowing and getting used to winning? 11 games a year. No, they're not that good anymore. Now that Chris Pearson, of course, left. He's doing it somewhere else now. So They still have a very good coach, though, down there. No, they, and they, they've got they certainly do. a quarterback that's wearing the crimson and gray. And I think, uh, well, you know what? I like our guy. And I kind of like our guys coming up in the ranks anyway. So You're a huge Hunter Neville fan, aren't you? If, if, you're a, if, you, if you don't want to be here, you know, there's the door. Get the, get the F out of here. So, I mean, that's just kind of the way this start of this season needs to start um, Yeah, for us to you know, really set the groundwork. Yeah. Um, you know, is do you, what is it, Kurt, that causes a football team to be sluggish in the beginning? Because at this point, you know, Texas Tech fans kind of warned us a little bit uh, when Mike Leach got hired. You know, everyone down there loves him. But I, what I read a lot was – He's awesome. He's going to win you some games you definitely shouldn't. But maddeningly, he'll always lose you one game that you absolutely should not. I mean, this isn't just go back to just WSU. If you look at Texas Tech's time, there's some inexplicable losses, too. You'd see when they had really good teams. What 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 causes a team to come out sluggish like that? Um, this felt like Portland State and even uh, with Eastern. You know, Portland State, the, 
The defense really seemed lost. The receivers were dropping balls. They were blaming on the rain. Against Eastern, the offense played pretty well, scored a lot of points. The defense just looked like they were getting their lunch stolen from them. I mean, it was it, – it, it, it felt like a lack of preparedness. But, I mean, do you have any insights? You know, you've – you know, you've coached a little bit as well, and you've seen a lot of games. You've been on the sidelines well, for a, a ton of Coug games. What do you think? Well, one is I would have to, you know, I'm not going to throw this as an excuse out there at all, but th- this Washington State football team has been very, very young the last few seasons. Like, they're now begin- becoming a vo- of a more mature football team. They're, they're starting to get a lot of seniors and juniors into the starting roles. Like last year we had freshmen spread out through entire starting sides uh, on both sides of the ball. So I think one, you're having a bunch of high school athletes really being thrown into um, a new environment. And when you have that many in there at one time, you're really going to see some inconsistent play. And some sort of deer in headlights. That's just it's just part of it. It's part of the growth process a little bit. Second thing is is I, a little bit has to be on the offense as well. Uh, I think Washington State should have put sixty on Eastern last year, even though they did they did they did pound it pretty good at them. But the problem is with this offense is it's so much about timing and understanding where somebody is on any given play. A lot of teams that rely on st- tough defense, uh really, you know, stout defense and and running the football, but the, and and consistently running the football, they have an opportunity to really just kind of pound the rock and play the control game and really get settled into the game, right? Whereas Washington State, they're they're going to come out firing. They're going to come throwing the ball all around the field. And when every season, when Luke Falk has somebody else to deal with at the wideout position, he's still trying to feel them out in game speed because game speed is completely different than anything that you'll practice in. Like it's it's sure. night and day. So guys might not be in the exact spot that they would be in practice as they would be in the game. They might be five yards further downfield or they yeah. might've made that cut a little bit sharper and a little bit, a little bit sooner. And they they made that in route and you might throw the ball behind them a little bit because yeah. when you're in a game that adrenaline's running so high that things get cranking. And so when this offense is, that's built so much on timing and, and, and the mechanism of, knowing where everybody is at, at a single time and you can pretty much throw the ball in the same spot with your eyes closed, that timing takes time. So, yeah. So I think... You know, I've always, I've always felt like Falk has been, even those early games, not sluggish. You know, I, I think you're right when you talk about the adrenaline gets going. You kind of just see guys making dumb mental mistakes, false yeah. starts, and there seems to just be a little... People get a little bit of, I don't know, happy feet, I guess. But... Falk has always seemed really calm, even in those games um, that we've lost. Um, I feel like he's been pretty pretty spot on with that. Uh, for some reason, though, it, it, that calm and presence hasn't always maybe uh, fallen over uh, to, the, to the rest of the and, offensive players during those, those two, losses. Two years ago against Portland State, I, you know, unfortunately when you're in September, the first week of September, 
Ideally, you shouldn't be starting your season in 42-degree weather and pissing down rain. Yeah. And, no, yeah, and no for, excuses. And for, and they for, had to plan it, too. I mean, 100%. 100%. And I think Luke Falk starting out as a sophomore that season, there's no excuses. You, you right. put Portland State away. A ton away. of drop passes. A I mean, you put them away early, and you forget about it, and you enjoy your Labor Day weekend. So... I mean, there's no question about that whatsoever. What I'm saying is, is that is that there are there there are instances where the 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 WSU depth and the experience has not been able to overcome some of the adversity they have faced in the early part of the season because of the youth that they've had starting, and with that youth, they continue to. You know, as the season rolls on, these guys get obviously more seasoned, and they and they understand their role more, um, and it, and it it just becomes um, a natural thing and natural progression sure. as being you know, a D one athlete. And I, you know, you talked a little bit about um, you know the the offense comes out firing. I mean, Leach is famous and infamous for going for it on fourth down. It's the air raid, but I. I see a different, a little bit different offense this year. I think it could be the year we've ran. We by the end of the year, I guess this is one of my hot takes right here, Kurt. By the end of the year, we'll see uh, the most rushing yards we have ever had in the Mike Leach era. Um, oh, I don't I, doubt I that one bit. Early, even against um, you know Montana State, we'll get more into I guess season predictions. But just with a really good offensive line, really good running backs, and very. I'd say maybe a little more green um, wide receivers. I think that's a that's a recipe for for um, uh, a lot of a lot of rushing yards. So Kurt, you you are blessed, and you get to make uh, the magical trek to Pullman for the Montana State game. Is is that well, right? No, Portland, the Boise State game. I do not. You're going Boise. I okay, unfortunately don't State. get the chance to go to uh, well, look at us. the Montana State game. I know wedding. Um, who, so, who puts so a what wedding? What's going to happen though? What what's the, what what? What text will you send me as soon as the game is over? What 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 will I be hearing? What do you think? What will we be talking about? That's when, the, when, uh, that's the way over? it should be done. Say that again. That's the way it should be done. That, <laughs> that's that's exactly how that's supposed to go. Um, yeah. I I mean, that's what I hope I'm. <laughs> I guess that's what I hope I'm writing at that point. Okay. Am I fully am I fully sold on that fact? Probably not, and that kind of goes back to what we start the, started the show with, is that, you know, we've gone into two seasons now where we should have put FCS schools away, and especially last year when we thought they can't do it again, then they certainly did it again. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those shame on, you know, you know, shame on you once, right. you know, fool yeah. me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, yeah, third time, me. third so time, I should just, you know, be dead. So, uh, <laughs> so what do you think the score is going to be? Do you have a score prediction for us? I, you know, you I, I do think the offense is going to come out firing, and I do think yep. that they're going to they're going to really start uh, on a good note. I think I think Luke uh, is going to become pretty comfortable with his new assets pretty quickly. Uh, he's got a lot of new assets to deal with this season, and so that's going to be extremely exciting to see who who rises from uh, from the ashes of um, Gabe Marks. And I, I I'm kind of curious as to who is really going to step up and take that leadership role from a really I would say a crowded group of wide receivers. 
It's a yeah. really crowded group of wide receivers. There's, um, depth. There, there's a ton of depth. Nobody's really ahead of much, you know, nobody's really ahead that much of anybody else. And so I think there's going to be a little bit of time of figuring that out, maybe by the, you know, the first quarter, really trying to figure things out. Um, first quarter of the first game is, is just a crapshoot with this team. So I think, I think you're you're gonna find some continuity there by by halftime, and I think WSU's defense is actually going to be just a tick better than last year. The only reason okay. why I see that, the only reason why I say uh, say that and see that, is is because of the experience that, that team has, especially in the secondary. I mean, pretty much everybody had a substantial amount of playing time in that secondary last season. And sure. there's some really good athletes. I mean, they're they're talking about Marcelo Pippins might not be even um, keeping his job heading into this first game, not alone, you know, saving it throughout the season. I mean, that, that position is going to be really interesting to watch. I mean, we thought Pippins was going to be the, you know, the all-out standout cornerback that was going to be anchoring the secondary, right? And, and he just hasn't really – progressed down that road yet and there's uh we've got a new freshman in the town that is yeah, really always. yeah and, and it's really going to be interesting to see what happens with that other corner uh cornerback position during molten's going to be fine out there what happened to charleston white do you know what happened to him no, i was I trying no to figure clue. that out today no Last clue. Year, he was a red shirt junior so he should be a red shirt senior yeah did i miss something did, did anyone does this yeah. not he's not on the i don't think he's on the depth chart this year and when i googled it uh you know nothing popped up and i was like no but i mean he I, was I on it, it, it he does say that uh he joined the football team in 2013 so yeah, this, yeah. Well, this technically last, would be his this year. technically would be his his senior season this would be a senior season yeah and he yeah. was in the two deeps last year and now just doesn't appear to be on the two deeps so he's either on the team and no one's talking about him and he's just been demoted or no he's gone anyways kurt i still i don't mean to hold you to it but i still need a score prediction oh yeah yeah. by the way he uh i believe he plays for abilene christian university now oh in abilene texas that seems to ring some bells that's that where he's he seems at. like a really nice kid yeah that is where he's at okay all right but anyways um this weekend yeah um I think we're going to be looking at a. I think I like to say that we're going to be looking at a thirty-seven. We're going to be looking at a thirty-seven twenty-four victory. Ooh, wow! I, I, I think the under. I, oh, most certainly. I think I mentioned that at the beginning. I'd like All to, right. like I said, I'd like to text you and say that's how it's done. But unfortunately, I'm definitely taking the under on that spread, and. I think WCU, for whatever reason, in the years of all this time, we cannot figure out how to stop a mobile quarterback. <laughs> we just can't. Yeah, okay. We cannot okay. figure out how to contain uh, a mobile quarterback. Well, for some reason, we're able to figure out Oregon's mobile quarterbacks, but we can't figure out anybody else. Anybody else's mobile quarterbacks. Yeah. So. Weird. I, I I I don't know what to really expect from this defense, other than 
they cannot contain a mobile quarterback. And that's All what right. they're bringing so, in. Yeah, and we... I think they're going to pose a little bit of threat in the third quarter. And I think we're actually going to pull away in the fourth and we'll put a put a score or two on the, uh, on the board. And we'll probably just be just under that 21-point spread. All right, Kurt. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna prophesy the game, and we're gonna look back on it. And I think the text you're gonna be sending me on Saturday is, "Dave, you nailed it." That is okay. exactly what happened. I think we're gonna see. Well, we're gonna uh, check the tape. We win the coin toss. We come out. We want to score. We immediately go three and out. Things look a little dysfunctional. Dropped pass. Player in the wrong position. Wide receiver. We just went pass, pass, pass. Didn't work. You know, it's fine. First series, no one's freaking out. They get the ball run the ball, run the ball a little out, you know, first down, first down, start marching down the field, and everyone starts going, all right, here we go. They're just running through guys, making guys look silly, and it's an FCS team. A little bit worried. Ben don't break. They kick a field goal. It's 3-0. Cougs get the football. The Cougs wake up, and I think from there they just pedal to the metal, and I think they crush them. I think they win 45-17. I don't think it's close. I would even give the Cougs more points. But I think we we will run a, a sufficient amount here. Uh, I see at least at least two rushing touchdowns. Actually, no, I'll say three. Let's go with three rushing touchdowns. That feels a little bit better for me. And Montana State, they don't throw the football, so they're going to use a lot of clock. They might not score, um, but it's going to slow the game down a little bit, and I think that will actually inhibit the Cougs um, from scoring more than 45. Um, but I'm going 45-17, and you know, by the second quarter, I don't think it'll be close. Well... I hope you text me. I told you so. I, I, I hope you do. Honestly, I I pray to God that you're gonna you're you're gonna be sending me that text when I'm gonna be sitting there lonely by myself at my girlfriend's friend's wedding. So, <laughs> yeah, that's brutal. Wedding I, season. Uh, it's just dude, you football gotta, season you, line up you, way you too much. Just, and I feel like we need like a a public well, service announcement. Labor Day weekend. I mean, come on. It's a perfect weekend for me to get over there and watch a football game. It's a very popular wedding weekend. It feels a little selfish. Yeah. I know a lot of weddings going on this weekend as well. It's, you know, it's a beautiful thing. It's a, it's a big deal. It can be really fun if it's a destination. I mean, that's your Labor Day. It's awesome, right? You're going to fly to Texas or whatever for a wedding. That's great. But in some sense, it's kind of like, oh, you're kind of taking a three-day weekend from everyone. And yeah. you're also taking away, you know, opening weekend of college football. It's, it feels like a little, uh, you know, a double whammy. Yeah. It's... Um, so, Kurt, that's... That's tough. Doesn't make you me very sacrifice happy. Sacrifice for your girlfriend. Priorities, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't make me very happy. So. Shout out to Rachel. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I want to talk about breakout players um, for this season on offense and defense. Um, hey, before, who well, maybe we'll, we'll see against Montana State show up early and and who will look back on and say, all right, they were they were their role um, was was important for this season's success. And I and someone we'd say, well, I didn't really see that coming. You know, I didn't. I, when I looked at the two deeps, I wasn't like, "Oh, this name's going to pop out." But um, you got to know, there's there's been some there's been some attrition. We've lost some players on the defensive line, wide receivers, obviously. Shalom Luani's gone. There's a lot of new spots to fill. Um, who are you feeling good about on offense? Who might be a breakout candidate for you to to turn some heads this year? Well, I don't know if it's going to be necessarily a break. I mean, I guess you could say it's a break. It's a breakout season, but I thought he broke out. Um, I thought he broke out last season, uh, and everybody's pretty pretty aware of this guy and his capabilities. But I think Luke it's Falk. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I I think we're I think we're all pretty pretty aware of what he can do. But um, I think when it comes to Booby Miles 
he is going to lead the way like nobody's business this season. Um, yeah, I th- I think James Williams is going to go off and have himself a heck of a season, and I I think he's going to set. I think he's going to set some records when it comes to um, the touchdown record um, in in a season. I think I think WSU it, and I'll have to look at it what the combination is of rushing and passing. I think he's going to be an absolute dynamic player. When it comes to the WSU backfield to come this coming season, and he's going to be fantastic to watch. But that whole three-headed monster, even four actually, they almost got four guys that can actually be involved in that offense now. And and I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna make an impact for this offense. So I've got some stats for you then here that um, I just looked up because I I did not know who the career or single season uh, touchdown records were at WSU. Uh, do you have a – I mean, I'm putting you on the spot again. I'm sorry. It's tough. Do you have a guess on who might be the career touchdown is it, is it leader? Like, is it like James WSU Harrison? Football? Say that again. Is it uh, James Harrison? Uh, Jerome Harrison. Jerome, Jerome Harrison Mar- is second. Jerome Harrison. I met my apologies. That's all right. James Harrison is an extremely strong human I was thinking being. About, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also Jerome Harrison. Sorry. Jerome Harrison, um, that's a that's a very good guess. He's number two. Number, number one, oh. he has eight more touchdowns. He has 33 touchdowns in his career. It's Steve Broussard. Oh, yeah. Ruben Mays is three with 23, and Jerome Harrison had 25. Um, so that's just, is that just rushing, or is that all? Is that all? Uh, that's career rushing touchdowns. That's career rushing touchdowns. Rushing only rushing. Um, I don't think so. I don't think James Williams is going to run for no for that no no. Touch- but single season. Uh, single season, um, the record is 16 in 2005 by Jerome Harrison. Uh, Steve Broussard had 13 in 89. And just last year, uh, tied for number five, Gerard Wicks had 11 rushing touchdowns. Yeah, I think that's going to be James Williams this year. So, yeah. uh, obviously, I'm you got to account for his passing touchdowns too. So, I'm just kind of curious what the combination sure. is too. Uh I think he's going to be a dynamic player for this team. All right, I like that. That's a good pick. I think it's um I think it's a popular pick. I'm I went way down the depth chart here. All right. I I really where I feel like it's got to be is it's got to be um in the in the wide receiver someone's got to break out because Luke Falk um he's going to throw for thousands of yards. You've got an experienced, really good. I mean, I, I wish I knew more about the other Pac-12 teams to really be able to say this. I got, I, I, but I feel like this has to be the best offensive line in the Pac-12. I feel like everything I read about this offensive line is how incredible they were last year across the board. Multiple players, really good. Um, so they're going to run the ball more, like I talked about. But you know Falk's going to get his numbers. So who's going to be catching them? Uh, Craycraft's gone and Marks is gone, and I think that's significant. Someone's got to step up. Now, I think the the sexy pick right now would be Isaiah Johnson Mack, mm-hmm. who's um, wearing number nine. And a lot of people are kind of predicting him to to, to have that. Or Desmond Patman, um, who's a big, tall kid that can run on the outside. I'm going even deeper than that, Kurt. I'm going with a true freshman and not the one you think because you probably just thought it's he's going to say Jameer Calvin because he was this huge yeah. recruiting coup for us. I Every time I watch highlights of him, I just love this kid. I can't get enough of it. Devontavian Martin, or just goes by hmm. Tay Martin, not to be confused with Tavares Martin Jr. That's a very right. similar name. 
the dude is tall. Uh, the highlights of him playing basketball are ridiculous. I mean, the guy just jumps out of his own gym shoes and just yams on people. And the highlights I see of him, he can jump so freaking high. He like Randy Moss people in practice. He just jumps over them yeah. and cradles the ball up above their head and then runs away with it. Someone on the receiver, on the receiving side, has got to step up. And um, I think that might be my guy. Um, so it's a deep pick. I know I might be setting myself up for not that much success because uh, there's a lot of receivers and there's some a little more experience. That but can if do he it, makes but... a name for himself, then you're good. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So on defense, um, are, is there anyone that you feel like maybe maybe could stand out? You know, you know, we've talked about um, you know Robert Barber's <sighs> gone from the nose tackle position. Shalom Luwani's gone. There's a battle at nickel yeah. cornerback right now between I think uh, what is it? Oh, it's Hunter Dale and. Mm-hmm. Parker Henry or, or no? It's Robert Pre- Preston Henry. I can't remember right now. I have to look at my for, for what position? The nickel position. Yeah, so it's so you got Robert Taylor and then uh, and then you have um, Jalen Thompson right now as no Jalen other... Thompson's strong safety. Yeah, and then free safety you have Robert Taylor, which okay. I guess Robert and Robert Taylor who is a senior right now at this moment is. Uh, we're coming out of camp. Kirkland Parker. I'm sorry. I just found no, Kirkland Park- Park- yeah, Parker the are battling for nickel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So who, who are you feeling good about in defense? Who's going to turn some heads? Well, obviously, you you're, you can't miss one of the best defensive linemen in the conference, and that's Hercules Matov. Yeah, right? in the nation. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and probably in the nation. And he is by far the most talented player on that defensive side. But I think um, I'm going to have to go – somewhere else and i think um for that middle linebacker position i think not only is he going to have one killer year but really this defense depends on him and that's going to be that's going to be peyton pelure i mean he has to have a critical season of of manning this defense making sure they're in the the right position uh, to be successful on the field, and I and I don't think he gets enough credit for for how he's he's a darn good middle linebacker. Sure, yeah. And I think he's going to be by the end of this season. I think he he can potentially be in talks of being one of the honorable mention uh, Pac-12 teams. By the end of this season, in a field that has a lot of good middle linebackers, so I think um, I. But I. But as a redshirt senior, in his final year, he has a ton of experience under his belt. Um, he has the lineage of of Cougs and college right. football. Uh, I think he's going to have a standout season. Not only is do I think he's going to have a standout season, we need him to have a good standout season because. Uh, if this defense is, if this team, if the Washington State Cougars want to move forward in contention for a Pac-12 championship, this defense, it's going to be on the defense. It's going to be on whether we can slow down somebody and keep this team in the game. Sure. Okay. You know, um, not a, I feel like, 
Okay, so last year, actually, I'm looking this up, Pac-12 All-Conference Honorable Mention, Peyton Pelura was on it last yeah, year. Yeah, well, then well, we're going to bump it up then. He's got to be on the second team. He's got to be guess, at least the second yeah, team. I so. I mean, it's going to be got- really hard to beat out Azeem Victor at Washington. I mean, that's going to be really wow. difficult to beat out. And if yeah, he does that, true. then our defense is going to be freaking solid this year, if that's the case. Let's see. Um. Okay, so – you know, obviously, you know, solid pick. That's fine. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I consider him really breakout breakout because he's already a pretty good guy. Um, I, I'm going defensive line. Mm-hmm. Defensive line depth is shallow. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of talk like they're going to get pushed around. They're they're smaller. They didn't. You know, for all the talk of Joe Salavea being this incredible recruiter, nobody has called him out on the last two years. Us not landing. Um, a nose tackle and recruiting and now it's coming to bite us and I, it kind of is like you know I, I love Joe Salavea it hurt when he left for Oregon we have to call it as it is how could he not recruit um, you know a vital position of defensive line for two years now we have to go to the junior college ranks I feel like in the next year to make up for it the guy we have right now Daniel Ekwale is very good um, and solid, but if, you know, if he's injured, we're really in trouble Yeah. The guy next to him. That's going to be playing a lot of snaps. That was kind of an afterthought. I think in the recruiting world a little bit, hasn't really, um, been talked about that much is Garrett McBroom. Mm. I think Garrett McBroom is gonna have to play very solid, uh, defense. I think he will, uh, you know, I see the teams that worry me a lot this year that we're going to go against are the teams that have very good running backs and that are good at rushing the football. Uh, that's what scares me about Oregon this year with Royce Freeman. I feel like we have some good pass, some good pass rushers, and that's going to be really vital on passing downs to be able to to be effective there. Because on running downs, I feel a little worried. Uh, a lot of people like uh, Namdi Aguayo this year and Derek Moore to kind of be breakout players, which I love those picks. Um, but I think Garrett McBroom is going to be relied on, and he's going to be really important um, for our run defense. And if he shows up, if he plays solid, sound football, and, and we're able to slow running backs down, you know, because our offense will do a lot, I think he's he's pretty vital. So I'm putting my hope, you know, I'm kind of saying his name, hoping to speak it into fruition, uh, hmm. that by the end of the year we're going to be really happy with Garrett McBroom's play and that it's going to be really important to our to our rushing defense. Well, he, so he's my, he's my breakout p- player for defense. He had a decent amount of playing time at the tail end of last season. Yep, yep. He's a junior college guy. I think he's something from like Eastern Oklahoma University, you know, or college. I mean, I should say university. Right. Um, and people haven't really talked about him, but uh, he's gonna have to step up. Um, so um, he's my pick. I, I think he can do it. Kurt, there's been a change in the Twitter the Twitter sphere lately. There's been a, a an environment and the change in climate when you go on Twitter and what you're seeing, and some of it's pretty funny. Someone's a little outlandish. Someone's a little ridiculous. I don't know what happened, but Mike Leach has flipped a switch. He has gone from – he banned Twitter at one point for his athletes. Right. Now he's up at 1 a.m. talking about who's going to lose a toe for Cougar football equipment. Have you been on this? Have you been Have you been following? Oh, I've been um, following. Trust me, I favorited his tweet of a uh, dog walking into a bathroom and pissing on a urinal. <laughs> so I, I definitely like that one. That was that was one of my all time favorites. Did you see then the the horse that um he also retweeted a horse that it was taught to to pee on command. Oh good. Uh, 
So that was, yeah, <laughs> that was also a great video. What what was it you think that changed Mike Leach's opinion so much to go from zero to sixty? I think I real think fast? I think lately he found out that how much fun and how much garbage is on Twitter, and I think Twitter is actually right up his alley. I mean, Twitter is full is. of weird people, uh, full of interesting people, and and full of interesting takes. Lots of gifts. Lots of different videos, and I think he's uber entertained by that kind of stuff. If you know Mike Leach, he is completely entertained by the garbage that has actually flooded social media. It's totally true. And and I think he maybe was on it. I think he maybe was. He's like, what is this Twitter thing? And I think he kind of went on it, downloaded it on his phone, and checked it out. And then oh I think he finally gosh. realized that, uh, oh well, this is actually really cool. And then just started hitting the retweet button a lot. Okay, see, I have a theory. Okay, so his Twitter went from, like, once a year being, like, hope to see all the Cougs, you know, week one, you know, for, for the for the game. Just very bland, nothing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, it snapped to where something in him has been, like, I need to remind everyone that the state of Texas owes me a lot right. of money for getting screwed over at Texas Tech. Right. And my weapon of choice is Twitter. Twitter. And yeah. then it's kind of evolved into this ridiculous, like, insight into this crazy mind. I'm looking just now. As of 41 minutes ago, his last tweet was, see how this rooster fought off a cobra, National Geographic. <laughs> That's sitting out there, which it's like junk, but I also love it. I'm like, okay, yes, I actually do want to see how this rooster fought off a cobra. But for a while, his first tweets, like I was saying, they were just tweets about how Texas – is the only state in the union that uses sovereign immunity and can break contracts with, with um, you know, repercussions. With, with no reason yeah. and how like wicked they are and how, right. you know, he was even favoriting, oh my gosh, like all these like memes that came out of it, like how James Craig killed five hookers. He was like favoriting tweets with that hashtag oh, on no. it, <laughs> like oh, not no. really totally endorsing it, but like clearly being amused by it and like not – not discouraging that kind of like talk. Well, I think he, I think he realized how actually uh, a tool Twitter is. Like, I think Twitter. No, oh my gosh, it's I, from Trump probably. He's and, friends with Trump, yeah, and Trump has so much influence. And, and I, it, it is a tool to um, to spread a message, right? It's yeah. a it's a very powerful tool, and I think he kind of realized that. And I think he went to Dave Emmerich, his chief of staff, who I believe was running the Twitter account. Was like give me earlier, that. and I think it. he realized, nope, I'm gonna take it over now, and I'm gonna oh my get gosh. my message. I think that's when everything flipped because he ended up taking in control of his Twitter account, and uh, <laughs> really, we have yeah. really seen the difference between somebody monitoring his Twitter account and him monitoring his t Twitter account. So he's just a, a really interesting guy. I read an article recently on him that he has a computer in his office he has never turned on, not once, but he tweets all the time. Um, and you know, the good and the bad comes with this because, so you see like, okay, like how to fight off, you know, how this rooster fought off a cobra, uh, the next one, WC donates gear to flood victims. Okay. Interesting. And then good hearted stuff. And then you have like inspirational quotes. Men succeed when they realize that their failures are the preparation for their victories. Ralph Waldo Emerson. You've got a picture of Times Square here. Then you have a <laughs> he retweeted a tweet that says, "Black people will literally find comedy in any situation. Sometimes you gotta laugh to keep them crying." And it's a, a guy in Houston who is plunging just in the middle of the street as a joke, like just just ridiculous humor stuff. Yeah. But you also get some really 
political stuff. You, I mean, we, we, we really found out where, where Leach stood when he spoke for Trump in Spokane during the election. Right. And then you get stuff like about, you know, I'm, if you look under his likes, I did the other day, it was all about how like Mitt Romney's a loser for supporting Antifa and something and stuff about how Ann Coulter's doing good things and, um, you know, stuff about Trump. And it's part of me wishes it was separate, not because like I, I not because I, you know, just disagree politically with that, but because I just want football to be football. You know, it feels like the, the political world we live in has just like got its claws and everything. You know, you can't hardly go to get tacos somewhere without someone, you know, just talking about it. Like everything you do. It feels like there's this background. Of, Let's talk about the presidents. And I, I kind of wish it was separate. I kind of wish when I could just, when I go into Cougar football mode with my mind, I could just forget about it. Um, but it's fine. I, I, he he's an adult. He can express his opinion however he wants. I don't think he should be censored or anything like that. Um, but I, I don't really love that. That is also part of his Twitter. Well, it sure is entertaining. So <laughs> if you're not following Coach Leach on Twitter, at you Coach underscore Leach, you certainly should. It's really good stuff. It, it really is. It feels like it's just like it's like the internet internet condensed coming at you like there's good there's bad there's interesting and there's hilarious like all all in a matter of you know like an hour of his tweets and i also love that he interacts with fans like he he doesn't he doesn't ignore people you know just the other day just literally last night someone said I'd sacrifice a toe to have an anthracite, anthracite jersey. That's my all-time favorite Coug jersey. And Mike Leach, <laughs> at 12.13 in the morning, said, the big toe, space, question mark, exclamation point. Like, he just interacts with, like, ridiculous people. Like, that's, like, oh, it, up late at night and you get on Twitter, he, he will be tweeting stuff at, like, 1 a.m. Like, he's just, he is this pirate kind of madman, like, that you think he is. He, you know, right. it's it's totally true. So, it's... I'm I'm grateful. It's a lot makes football more fun, and it gives us something fun to talk about. Well, I'm not complaining. But so. you know what? We this wasn't on the outline. I don't mean to just throw throw us sideways a little bit. But speaking of anthracite jerseys, uh, you know we're still in preseason mode, so we can talk about this. There's been a little bit of an uproar over the fan base on if we have black jerseys this year. You know, they're, on, on, they're is black. it black? Is it dark gray? They're, they're and is it good or is it bad? What's what, what's your take? They're Kirk? black. It's black. You know, you, you, know it, you, you cannot fool. I mean, there's... Do you like the jerseys? Do you like the new jerseys overall that Nike unveiled uh, you know, months ago? It's, they're good. They're, they're fine. That's how I felt. The, my favorite ones are the icy whites. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't troopers. really matter oh my to me. The icy whites are by far the best ones out there. So Those are clean. So yeah. clean. So, I'm not so, super... I don't know. I, I, you're you're never gonna find agreement on fans on jerseys. You never will. It's such a a, a, a bias, and everyone's opinion is different, and that's fine. Right. There, there seems to be though a real kickback between a lot of Coug fans, and I, admittedly, I'm one of them. That is anti-black jersey. I really think if everybody has black well, jerseys, really not cool? in the black is not necessarily in the in the color scheme. And and white and white and yeah and white gets away with it because white has been a standard, you know, away jersey. Like that's just yeah. You have to have some distinguish uh, between um, your 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 way and in in your home jersey. So it's it's not. I don't get it. I see tweets like, oh yes, I've been dying for the all black jerseys. Oh, it looks so cool. It's I I don't. 
I just I'm, don't want to do it because I don't want to be part of everybody else. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, that's how I feel too. I mean, it's like if everybody has these black intimidating jerseys, then it's not cool. It's not even our colors. It's it's no one's colors. Everyone claims them, and it's it's not like super. I don't know. It's I don't know. It's I guess more for the fans. I don't feel like it's overly intimidating things. Other teams shaking their boots now that we got black jerseys, and I like teams that don't really waver on their jersey i mean how can you not love like the classic football jerseys like um you know michigan's kind of messing with theirs right now which is a little weird they're going yellow notre dame's is like a classic like even the oakland raiders like don't really you know try and mess things up and i kind of like aspire towards that like i want the cougs to be you know crimson and gray like that's who we are we're not going to stray from the brand we're going to rock and roll the jerseys look good. They look good. It's they like it's not good, a bad looking but jersey, but it's we'll a boring jersey. We'll, For the amount we'll of money see. we're paying, you know, it's 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 good because you don't get an ugly jersey when you experiment. You know, we're not going Maryland Under Armour status, but it, it. Someone said, you know, it feels like a kind of a mailed in, you know, sort of a creative attempt by Nike, and I have to agree. I'm not really. You know, I'm not really loving these jerseys. And, feeling we got to buy them. When we have the next and, jersey upgrade, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be ready for. It. I'll be fine letting these ones go. And right. Dave, and Dave, you're, you know, there's only going to be one. There's going to be one game where those jerseys are going to come out this season. Yeah. What which game is that? And, and I'm going to put my, I'm going to put my money on that Dad's Weekend Stanford yeah. game. Okay, sure, that's not bad. That's, I think that's, that's the weekend where we see those anthracites come out. You know, I saw another picture of them in the sun. And they looked a lot lighter. They didn't look black, but the other pictures looked black. It just feels like it's a wild card right now. We don't yeah, really know. We'll wait and see. We'll wait. Yeah, I guess fine. the jury's still out. But so, they're black. Spe- speaking of, you know, the schedule and the Stanford game, I would love to go week by week with you and give our season prediction on if it's going to be a win or it's going to be a loss, and then have our, um, you know, our final 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 win loss total. Do you have? Do you have a little bit of a pre, just like an opening statement preview on how you think this team is going to perform overall? And then well, I think, we both have MSU as a win, so we'll jump into Boise State after I maybe hear your just initial thoughts. That's well, right. I think I talked a little bit about that at the start, but I, I yeah. think this is going to be a pretty similar team to what we saw last year. I mean, honestly, I think it's I a think, better team than last year. What's that? That, maybe that's a better question. Do you think it's a better team than last no, year? No, I don't. I don't. I, I think the defense maybe be a tick better. But I also think um I also think one is our schedule's a little bit tougher in a way. Five home games. Kinda weird. Well we have five go home games to start the season, but we also do have probably one of the best teams in the country to start that early on with um USC. Uh, you know, USC at home is going to be an incredible game to watch. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But I also say that you know, you also have Boise State on there, um, right. and Nevada's nothing to squint at. Uh, they're not the Nevada team that we saw a couple years ago that we lost to. I think they're they're not quite as good actually, and we're obviously better. So we definitely should be a three and team heading into. Oregon State by that point. Oregon State's going to be a little bit better. Okay, okay, hold on. So you're calling Boise State for a win, is that right? Yes. Okay. Uh, why Why do you think we're going to be Boise State? We lost to him last year. I Well, one is it's going to be at home. And I don't think uh, Luke Falk's going to throw a pick six. So yeah, I, that was really the game changer. I mean, the, the, the Cougs were going to go down and re- and take the lead and really get the ball rolling and throwing a pick six there in the end zone was not sure. Well, that was just a tough pill to come back from on the road against uh, 
gets a uh, gets a tough tough Boise State team at home that okay. never never seems to lose. So that I, so I, I so just I, you know going off your first opening statement there real quick. I I completely agree with you. I think you're right on. I I think this team is just about as good as last year, and I think that'll be reflected in the schedule. Um, I I see us. Um, I'm not sure the defense is going to be a tick better. I I think. Shalom Luani is a big loss for this defense. Um, I really think we're going to miss him, and I'm a little worried about um, about our safeties, I guess, a little bit. The corners look really good, um, but I'm also worried about our defensive line depth. And I think Marks and Craycraft really are a big loss. You know, some people like to say, oh, it's yeah, the yeah. air raid. You know, they'll just be new wide receivers. You just swap in a body. It'll do the exact same thing. When, when Craycraft and Marks were not on the field, that team just did not – function very well i mean when craycraft was injured i mean the, the it just didn't feel like we could move the chains the same way and they had some incredible catches i mean we were spoiled by those you know kind of like you know they'd scissor their legs out and tap right. the toe and catch uh, it, it was incredible know, absolutely incredible over someone i mean those were just felt like we were watching top 10 sports center highlights when we get to see those guys so i see i see the offense you know, struggling a little bit with that, the defense struggling a little bit with that. I think we underperformed last year with, with the eight and four record, eight and five final record. I think that was underperforming. So I think, um, you know, this year we will be sim, you know, similar as a, a little bit, actually maybe a little bit worse, maybe talent wise than last year. Um, but I, I'm thinking it'll be a similar results on, on the record. Um, just because the offensive line is so good and so experienced, you have a, uh, a senior quarterback yeah. who's going to go probably high in the draft and you have some really good running backs and just another year, all everyone's in the system, the coaches, even another year for them. I think that kind of equals the losses out a little bit. So just where I'd go, we're just a little bit worse than last year, but I'm also going to go agree with you for Boise state. I think we're going to win that game. Okay, so I've got win-win, and so and you've got win-win to start. start yeah, the year. we'll beat Oregon. Oregon. We'll beat Oregon. We'll beat Oregon State at home. We'll Oregon home. State just got throttled yeah, by got Colorado throttled. State. They're, they're, yeah, and Jake Luton was supposed to be the savior there, and that did yeah, not really Bro, work know. out. So, what was up with that? They uh, they looked way worse than last year. Who knows? Last year it, they looked respectable at times. That is a. I mean, maybe they're a slow starting team like us. You have to hope if you're a Beaver fan. A like Beaver I believer. said, it's tough to judge everybody on that first game of the season. So, yeah. we'll wait and see. Yeah. Um, but Oregon State should be a win. I think Nevada should be a win. Honestly, I think we should be four and zero heading into that USC game. Yep. I think we should be four and zero. Unfortunately. It's on a freaking Friday, so we can't have game day for that game. That's miserable. So that sucks. Um, but I don't think we're gonna beat USC. So okay, it's okay. okay. So we're. I mean, we're, so Nevada's also switching to the air raid. They were this. Yeah, team and they just was, switched over to that, and I don't they think they're run, 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 run. Yeah. And they beat us a few years ago, and they just run up and down. They they created you know that pistol offense, and we just run over people. Had amazing running backs. Um. Nevada is like a must-win. I feel like for us, it, you want to a bad to... team still adjusting to basically our scheme. We have to throttle them. We have to throttle Nevada, and then yeah, USC. I think is, I think they'll be the Pac-12 champions. So we're gonna we're gonna lose to them. USC is gonna uh, be a tough match. So I've got them docked down for a loss there. Yeah, 
I honestly think this Washington State Oregon game is actually going to be a good game. Uh, oh yeah, I think Oregon's going to be better. Uh, oh boy, that's a that's a tough. This is a tough one to call. This, this I'm really a, curious what you were going to say on on the on the uh, at I, Oregon. I mean, game. I'm honestly, oh man. I mean, I want to say that we beat them, but man, it is going to be similar to the first time we beat them, where it might be in overtime. Like it is going uh, to be. Yeah. They've got Royce Freeman coming back. They've got their quarterback coming back. It really comes down to whether their new coach is going to take much time for them to get them revved up and going. They've got the talent to do it. They've got all the talent in the world to make it happen. Yeah, they do. It's a matter well, of whether okay, so, they buy into that season, into that coach by this point in the season. Yeah. I think I think Washington State's going to end up losing that game, to be honest, and it's going to be in some awful fashion. It's going to be like an overtime loss. Oh, man. It's going to be close. It's going to suck. It's probably going to be raining. And, and and it's going to play right into Oregon's hands, and I think I think Royce Freeman's going to be um, a tough man to stop on that day. And so I I at that point I see the Cougs at four and two. Okay, if you were to take away these teams' names, okay, I don't know this team is Oregon. I just know I just know about the players. You just told me about the players and the coaching change and who they've hired, and I didn't know about Washington State. I didn't know the name. I know the coaches knew about the players and their experience. On paper, I'd be like, oh. The, the team that's going to wear crimson and gray would win that game every time because they've got more talent, more experience. They beat them last year. Um, they had a better record last year. This other team seemed to be a little more volatile last year. They had a lot of losses. They went through a coaching change. Easy, easy pick, WCU, moving on. There's something just I'm going, I committed my stupid self to going to this game and even betting on this game <laughs> that if we lose, I'm going to wear duck gear out of the stadium, which I don't know why. It just makes me feel a hundred times worse because of that bet. Yeah, it's brutal. I've got this marked down as a loss. And there's just something about Oregon and, and Oregon's, those plucky ducks just somehow this- will flip it around quickly and the Cougs are just, they haunt me with losses that shouldn't really happen. And this feels like it in a hostile environment in Eugene Royce Freeman, as much as I, I hate on the ducks at times is phenomenal is a phenomenal running back. If you like watching football, if you like watching offensive football, they, that guy is an, a load. I mean, he is NFL talent. I feel like he can do it all. And and Willie Taggart is a good coach. I think they will struggle quite a bit this year, actually, in a Pac-12. Um, just a coaching change does take at, at least till year two before things really seem to coalesce. I think you're going to see um, just, yeah, it, the first year is always tough. doesn't matter if the talent's there anyways. Their defense is not very good. They have Troy Dye and nobody else. There's something I just feel like, yeah, Royce Freeman's going to run all over us, and we're just going to do something we shouldn't, and we're going to lose that game. So I've got us losing at Oregon, and me crying in the rain, having to wear duck gear on the way out. That's that's my prediction for that one. The nice thing, though, Dave, is that history is on your side, and Washington State and Mike Leach has played one of the toughest against. Oregon since he's been here. I mean, every, and we deserve it. Every, I feel like we deserve it. Every you know? game that Mike Leach has played in against Oregon, he has been in it every time. And uh, yeah. Washington State always finds a way to play tough, and, and Mike Leach always finds a way to play tough against them. And so it's going to be close. I think it's going to be close. It's on the road. I feel like it shouldn't be, but it, it will be. be. Like, but we, it's going to be. We're the ones who have built years into our coaching staff and yep. into these recruits and into being good. And the Ducks just, you know, 
they they have a less talent than they have had in in, in in many years still talented and they have a new coaching staff they're supposed to they deserve to go through the growing pains that's just how they're supposed to work by just there's something that just feels like they're about to cheat the system on this game but how are you feeling at cal people are saying they're going to be the worst team in the pac-12 north that it's totally bear covered um so so what do you think i think we're playing that game yeah, we're gonna blow them out. So okay. I think we're gonna do the similar thing that we did to them last year. We just gotta I hope make so. sure everybody I hope gets you're right. out of there. Wilcox seat. is a great coach. Yep. He was a great coach mm-hmm. at Boise State as the defensive coordinator. He was good at Wisconsin. It's hard for me to believe that Cal has a had could ever have a bear cupboard. There's so many recruits that come out of the Bay Area. Right. So many famous Coug recruits and all over the nation people want to recruit the Bay Area. And they, it's literally their their backyard. I don't know how you couldn't how I mean I, I don't yeah. know enough about Cal. I wish I could talk more on it. But how do, how, do, how do you really have a bear covered? So I'm not sure I really believe it. They've got to have some talent there somewhere. But, um, well, but I, I don't see them being good. They were year. bad last year. New coach. They're going to be bad this year. Okay. That's, so then we, we play Colorado at home the next yeah, year. Yeah, so I think that's going to be a, I think it's going to be a great game. And I think the, I think actually Washington State's going to pull it out. I don't think Colorado really has the uh, – they've lost a ton of guys. They lost they a have. ton they lost of seniors. Coordinator to Oregon. The whole the whole defense is gone. So they've got Philip Bobo though, if I'm not mistaken, that running back who yeah, punished us. Yeah, I mean last they do year. have the quarterback back and they do have the running back back. No, no, Sifu Lufau's gone. Uh, no, but they have um uh, oh, uh, the Montez yes. guy. Uh, and Mon- he was very very good. He was pretty he was good. Very good. I and thought, he had plenty a, of playing like a time. freshman. He so, threw for like 300 and then ran for another 100 against Oregon. Oregon's a bad defense last year, but right. still. It's right. still a big, it's a Pac-12 game. You're doing that as as a as a young kid. That's that's pretty awesome. Kurt, we're step for step right now. I'm really enjoying the synergy. Yeah. I've got that as a win as well. I think we get a little um, revenge on them. I think I think they did take a big step back this year. And being at home, I feel even better about it. So I think we're gonna beat Colorado. But they're they're they've got good coaches. They lost their decor, mm-hmm. like I said. But they're they'll. They'll be sound. I don't think it'll be an easy win, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I see it being like Arizona State last year, like a 37-32 game. Um, and speaking of Arizona State, that was Arizona State last year. Arizona last yeah. year was pretty bad, and then yeah, we played them. And they're going to be bad yeah. again. <laughs> uh, they don't have a quarterback situation figured out there. Still. They don't. They've they got still what, that, like Dawkins guy. Yeah, they still really don't. Athletic, they but still just... don't have that figured out, and we're going to blow yeah. them out. I think we're going to blow them out. They don't have a defense. They don't. They don't have a defense. They don't have a quarterback. That's a recipe for disaster. And by that point in the season, hopefully they've – I mean, not hopefully, but you know, there, there could be a chance that they've figured things out by that point in the season. Sure. So they could be a better team. But I still think Washington you – know, Arizona, State, oddly enough, played UW in overtime last year. Um, I don't know if that was UW playing way beneath themselves or Arizona actually playing their potential for once. So they have that ability, I think, to, to stay in there and surprise some people. Uh, Rich Rod, you know, he was seen as a really great hire at first. Things have kind of faltered. I still like him. I still think he's kind of got that. Uh, still think he's got a good offensive mind and can turn that around. And that's yeah, Turn that around. I don't hate it. I'm not, I'm not a hater on Arizona by any means. Yeah. But I also see that as a win. So we're we're got the same record here. Maybe these last three games will separate us. We play Stanford at home for Dad's weekend. Well, but you're thinking we'll wear those black jerseys where we typically we typically play like we're covered in concrete when we wear all dark jerseys well so stanford's picked to finish ahead of us this year curtis what do you think we throttled them last year now we're playing them at home dave i'm gonna cut right to the chase here i'm gonna cut the corner here brass tacks well i'm gonna cut the corner we're losing the last three games of the season oh my god we're losing the last three games of the season so 
I'm just going to cut right to the chase. Uh, Stanford's going to be much better. We're going to have a difficult time with them. Luckily, it's at home. Uh, but I think Stanford is going to be much better this year. They flipping rolled Rice the other day. Um, they've got some big-time weapons back. They have their quarterback back. I think they've got some depth back at the offensive line. They're going to be rolling. Utah, right. great team, good team, a good team, well-coached team. I would say a well-coached team. For sure. And it's on the road in Utah, um, and that's going to be tough. And then Mike Leach will never beat Chris Peterson in an Apple Cup, so we're going to lose that one. That's very pessimistic of you. Okay, I think Stanford <laughs> Stanford gets gets it got it going late last year and had a great season. They were like ten and three. UW and WSU throttled them. They were also missing their corners when we played them last year, but they had Christian McCaffrey. I think we're gonna beat them again at home. I really do. I think they're a very sound football team, but they're a very vanilla boring team to me. And I think they're gonna have their hands full with us again this year. They they showed no sign of being able to slow us down at all last year with how quickly we were getting the ball out and our receivers were just I don't know, I just felt like we went bonkers on them. And I see it happening again. I agree with you the rest of the way. We lose to Utah and we lose to Washington. So you've got the Cougs going seven and five. I've got the Cougs going eight and four. But I've got them winning the bowl game. So we're I've got, got them winning the bowl game too. All we're right, due. So you got one win over me. I got one win over you, and then which round in the NFL draft after that does Luke Falk get drafted in? Falk gets drafted in the second. Ooh. Gosh, I wanted to say second, but I feel like we're matching too much up right now. And you know what? Quarterbacks in the area have a weird ability to fall, so I'm going to say he gets drafted late third. But talk to the Chiefs about that. They might blow all their flipping draft picks to go get an air-raid quarterback. You're you're definitely right. But that's the thing. (laughs) These guys got to show up, you know. To, to, to be able to make you keep drafting air raid quarterbacks high. Um, but I love Falk. I'm excited yeah. to see him in the NFL and root for him. I hope he gets in a good situation where he can have a year under his belt. Yeah, and, and just uh, be successful. That'd be fun. Yeah. He's got to stay healthy, though. That's right. That's the thing. He's got to stay healthy. Uh, seven and five. I'm not mad about it, Kurt. Still a winning season mm. with a winning bowl game. Um, uh, I feel a little better about my prediction, though. I think, uh, I think eight, and, eight and four, nine, nine and four finishing the season so uh those are your those are your season predictions uh so what you're, what you're saying is that it's actually not going to come down to the apple cup to win the pac-12 north oh gosh um, it's going to be coming down to stanford and washington no nah, i don't think it'll be the apple cup uh, that decides that i i actually i could see i could see stanford still finishing ahead of us even with us losing to them yeah um just, just they will just lose less games that they could just have two. Lo- I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. They, I think they only lost three. Washington last year. has such a cupcake schedule; it's un- unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. They have a cupcake schedule more so than last year. How did they they're, miss USC? I feel like we're just, under- we're just if the Husky fans listen to us, they're just laughing at us right now because we're actually mad that they get to miss USC. Like they're probably. I mean, just they honestly great. don't. They don't play any. I mean, Colorado maybe championship game, and they'll lose, and they'll still have a great year. But they'll it'll be it'll be USC going to the I Rose Bowl mean, in the playoffs. Maybe Colorado, but you're looking at the rest of the schedule. They obviously have to play Stanford and Utah again, but Utah I don't think is going to be quite as good as they were last year, and Stanford's better than they were last year, so. Yeah, they had it. They were on the bubble, going making the playoffs with, um, 
you know, they can't afford, I don't think they could afford to lose a game, to be honest. Right. I don't think so. The way that has schedule, an easier schedule, but it won't, is not as good as the team last year. They lost so many players in their secondary defense. John Ross. I don't see them being a better team on paper. People are really hyping up the secondary right now, but I, it's just untested. It's pretty untested for the most part. Are they playing um, in a college with football schedule, playoff? They'll probably have a similar. They'll probably have a similar ending schedule. They'll, they'll win the Pac-12 North. They yeah. might only lose one game until the Pac-12 championship game. Lose that. Then I don't know. We'll see what happens with a bowl game. Are they two are, three losses max? Are they not playing in a? Are they not playing in a college football playoff? No, they're not. USC is. All right. Yeah, that's the prediction. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. 2017 preview. Put it in the books. Um. Yeah, I think that was solid. Um. I think. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good year. I think it's going to be – I mean, I, I think we're to a point now where we can expect some good – more good than bad, Dave. And I think that's a good spot to be at this point. I mean, when you experience what we've experienced, I hate that we're still – you know, some people say it's a loser mentality. It's scars. Just, There's scars. You never remove the scars. It's true, where it's like – you know, we've seen some horrible things, so you're kind of like, well, if they just have a winning record, like, we're going to pop champagne because that's, like, was unfathomable not that long ago. Um, you know, but now you thing, want the expectation. You want your team to have the expectation. That yeah, but it's up, to the, the it's up to the team to make that for you. If the yeah. team goes and wins the Pac-12 North Championship, then the expectations rise. You know, like, I think at this point the team's got to be able to set the expectations for us. Yeah. As they move. Totally fair. So, what are we doing next week on the podcast? Next week, we've obviously got opening opening week of Seahawk football. So yes. we got some a lot of Seahawk football Seahawks. next week. And maybe um, we should throw in a little fantasy football insight. Yeah, a little bit of fantasy. You got Kurt, my, you got know, my draft like on Monday. I feel right fantasy football. I feel like, you know, yeah. maybe I'm a little bit better at fantasy football. There well, might I won my league last year, so it's okay. Insight that we could put out here hmm. for some fans to win the league. I'm feeling really good about my – Mine yeah, so far. I think it's gonna be uh I think it's gonna be a really good season for the Seahawks this year. Oh I yeah, I I'll am just, excited. I'll to, just throw to, that out there and that will get you revving for next week. So I love it. Um good deal. Well, Coogs seven and five and eight and four is what got we've it. got down on the books. Can't wait to see the end of uh of this season and see really what it's going to um, end up being. Is it really going to be a dud or quite being a stud? Um, we'll wait and see. Um, sweet. Well, we'll sign off here. We'll talk back with everybody next week. A little Seahawks preview. And uh, maybe check on the Mariners. The Mariners make a move. Uh, can they make a move in the wild card? Well, we'll probably pawn that off for next week as well. And, probably uh, not. Yeah, I mean, probably won't. Yeah, probably not. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Sweet. Well, thanks everybody for for joining in. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes um, and follow us every single week throughout the football season. Can't wait to have you all. But have a wonderful night, Dave. Thanks so much. Appreciate yes. it. And uh, we'll talk to you next week.